back again. Looking forward to it. Here we are. You have been talking uh, about something that you're seeing, which you've described as a redemptive mindset, which has been a shift for you yeah. in the way you see and approach uh, life in the world. Yeah. Do you want to introduce us to that? Okay, so I don't know how long ago, quite like 10, 12, 15 years perhaps even, um, we were in a prayer meeting and I was reading a psalm and I was praying out of that psalm and I kind of had an epiphany and a, um, a or, or, or a revelation or however you want to say that, that started the process of a real theological shift for me. So a theological shift from you know, redemption is all about redeeming humanity and individuals to a wider understanding of redemption to look at how you or how God wants to redeem not just humanity, not just an individual, not just to find salvation, but actually wants to find a place where um, he's redeeming situations and nations and cities yep. and so, so that, so a, a real change from, you know, looking at, at something in a very narrow way to look at it in a very wide way, but also to developing within myself a whole, I, a whole, um, a whole different way of thinking, yeah, and a, and a whole different way of approaching life and situations. Hmm. So, looking at and saying, okay, well, what is the, what can I redeem in this situation? Right. What is redeemable, rather than saying God's wiped it off god's gonna judge it do you know what i mean and it it really is it doesn't it, it doesn't sound like a big change but it's a huge change about how you approach life yeah. and situations so, so let me be really clear there yeah. it's the shift from writing something off and yeah. judging it as irrelevant outside god's interest to saying no god's interest is not limited he wants to redeem everything where he can exactly exactly okay um so that I just think that's just a just a different. So then you start to approach life in a in a different way, a right. way in which you approach, mm. even you're looking at scripture in a in a slightly different way as mm. well. So it, it, and and realizing that that God has this incredible thirst and hunger to see redemption, yeah, to see things redeemed. So even like Jesus becoming a human. He wanted to redeem something. He wanted to incarnate himself in the middle of something, rather than just to, um, you know, just to come back and save us from our sin. Yeah, uh, yeah. kind of idea. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, 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 my mind's drawn. We we don't do a lot of um, Bible verses on this podcast <laughs> yeah. so far, but there's a few here that could be really helpful. Uh, one is right at the beginning of John, where it says, um, "In the beginning was the Word." And the word was God and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were created. And without him, nothing was created that has been created. John is just opening up his book with a series of statements about the um, profound nature of Jesus. He introduces him as God, the eternal, as the creator yeah. and pre-existing all of creation. And then he introduces him through the Gospel of John as the Redeemer. Yeah. But it's always in the context of being the eternal creator who created 
all things. Yeah. And if John, of course, tells us, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his son, mm. it wasn't so he, God so loved a few limited people, handful of people that he'd predestined and chosen. He said, no, God so loved the world. Yeah. So he, the Bible's quite expansive on this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think part of the reason this is on my mind right now is yeah. that I decided at the beginning of this year that I would start to go through the book of John. I haven't been through the book okay. of John for ages as a as my devotional. So I started to go through the book of John yeah. as my devotional. And it's, you know, and I, to be honest, the idea was I would just read a chapter a day. Yeah. But I found myself living in chapter one for the whole month of January. Okay. <laughs> just not able to get away from that whole aspect of God's incarnation in that. And, um, and then a friend of mine, uh, Dave Yule, uh, sent me a message and uh, he said uh, he'd been listening I'd been I keep bombarding with our podcast okay. so he said me as you've been bombarding me with your your podcasts he said I'm gonna I'm gonna preach give a little preach to you this morning something I felt God speak to me this oh, wow. morning and I literally that morning I decided I'd move to John 2 mm-hmm. I didn't think about what John 2 was about but um, so then he he's talking about the uh, the Jesus turning the water into wine, which is in John two, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but what's really interesting about that 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 passage is, is that he he brought out a couple of points, one of which I'd never thought of before. You know, the whole aspect of saving the guy from shame. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd I'd felt that, you know, and I'd, I'd seen that before. Mm. But actually, then Dave said, um, the, the thing that God has shown him that this morning was not God. Not only did God save the guy from shame but actually gave him great honour. Right, right. Lifted, raised him up in the community. Raised him up in the community. So so he saved him from, in that community, if the wine had run out, yeah. that wedding would have been remembered for the rest of his life. Oh, wow. As the, the, the wedding where the wine ran out. You screwed up. You screwed up yeah. real bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But what was really interesting, Jesus redeemed that for him mm. right so he turns water into wine and jesus didn't want to do it did he i mean <laughs> woman what has this got to do with me yeah, <laughs> when yeah, his no. mother came to him and his mother just didn't just ignored him ignored what he said mm. like any mother can <laughs> and so and then turns to him and says to the servants do whatever he tells you Brilliant. so it's like yeah a really wonderful yeah. aspect yeah but no but but then jesus not not only then did it not become remembered as the wedding where the wine ran out mm. But it became remembered as the wedding where the where the the bridegroom kept the best wine till last, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because the idea there is that you bring the best stuff out first. When everyone's a little pickled, then you bring the cheap stuff. Then you bring the cheap stuff out, right? Yeah, yeah. But now there's great honour in that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love I love what it says in it. Only the servants and the disciples knew what Jesus had done. Brilliant! Wow! Yeah. Right, so not even the bridegroom knew. I'm sure the bridegroom goes, "Well, you, you must have messed up, mate, because I'm sure I, I'm sure I put the, the best wine first. Do you yeah. know, what I mean? certainly the the master of ceremonies didn't know. So, so what I'm saying is, this this whole redemptive mindset for me as I'm reading it, I'm yeah. thinking this is such. It's not a, just a redemption from shame; it's yeah. a redemption to honor. Yeah, yeah, and and it matters to Jesus. Yeah, it's not like you know, I just come here to save yeah. people from their sins and. You know, and and just to get send everyone to heaven. That's not. He's actually no. intervening in the real world today, to a degree where 
we're discussing it now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and, you know, and just to think, things like um, we go from, we transform from one degree of glory to another. Mm. I'll put it another way. We're from one degree of honour to another. Very good. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> there's this whole, that, so redemption isn't something that just happens to mm. us and we're redeemed from our sin, but there's a continuous redemption of who we are mm. to look more and more like who he is. Yeah, that's really good. Right? So I, I, so it just changes the way in which you think about redemption. Okay? So, so if you're, you know, people get fed up with me talking about the Celts, right? And, you know, the whole, you know, ancient ways and ancient powers. We, we touched on that a little bit last time, right? Yep. But one of the reasons I love the Celts is they have a redemptive mindset. Mm-hmm. In everything they do, it's a redemptive mindset. Mm-hmm. So they're not looking to how to withdraw from society. They're looking how to engage with society mm. and find redemption for that society mm. and that culture. So the idea was, wasn't that they they went, they preached a message, they called for a decision, then they called them out of the culture into their yep. culture or yep. out of their community into our mm. community. It was that they went and they lived among. Yeah, yeah. They ministered to they had conversations with yes and in all of that what they're looking for how can i use things in this culture and redeem this things in culture to point towards who jesus is that's very good because we tend to think of the monastic yeah and early christian stuff as withdrawing from society you know shaving their head putting on yeah sackcloth and Occupying you know, themselves with writing on parchment in yeah. windy, you know, um, stone buildings. Yeah. But actually, no, these people are absolutely embedded. So that's the, and that's the whole difference yeah. between the kind of the Celtic monasticism, if you like, and the kind of more Catholic. And to be fair to the Catholic monasticism, not all Catholic monasticism is like that either, no, no, right? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of it is, you know, you withdraw, you give. No, 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 you enter in you engage with so it's very interesting you know so within within celtic th- theology there's this this I- idea of thin places right where heaven and earth the distance between heaven and earth is closer mm. or another way of the point is that um, the the distance between heaven and earth has collapsed right. well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, and what what celtic christians would do would be go to the those places that were known in their culture as places where, you know, there was something that happened. There was something mystical about it. You mm-hmm. you kind of met the gods as it was there. Yeah, yeah. And they would go to those places and they wouldn't destroy them. Yeah, They would redeem them. So this is a place where you can meet God in that, in that yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that there's, there's all of that kind of idea um, of, yeah. of, of uh, redemption is really important so they would build you know a lot of churches are built on ley lines right it, it, you know, if okay. you want to yeah, yeah. occultic ley lines <laughs> not just celtic churches a lot of churches uh, anglican it, churches now you know i know a lot of christians who will say oh they built that's why we have this problem and that problem yeah. no 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 the idea was that you went and you redeemed it wow right that you you, you rather than saying we need to get rid of that. Let's not yeah. engage with it. No, we're going to redeem that. This is going to be yeah, a place yeah. where God flows. 
yeah, where yeah. the spirit of yeah. God flows. You That's know, really so good. so even the even the the Celtic cross, you know, the circle mm. is the cross on top of an occult symbol. Yeah, yeah. right. So it's in in the in other words, Jesus is Lord of this. Yeah, <laughs> I am not afraid of this because Jesus is Lord of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. right? So it's 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 finding ways in which we can redeem what's in in a culture so i this is my own personal belief my own personal belief is that every culture hmm. has something of god in it right right because god created culture we didn't create it yeah. it hasn't evolved it's something that god has created in oh. his great um, diversity mm-hmm. he has wanted to show who he is, who yep, he yep, is yep. through different cultures through right. the diversity of that right so it's, and that's this is where we get into problems when we start to think our culture is yep. the only way of doing things, mm-hmm. is the only way to look upon things, is the only way to do. It. That's our culture. That's we 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 we've become that. <laughs> so, and every that's culture funny. does that to an extent. Yeah. I don't care what culture yeah. you go into. That's what they they always think. Yeah. You know that they are the best. Mm. You know, if you're Italian. You know, everything Italian is the best. We have the best roads. We have the best hospitals. We have the best food. We, you know, yeah. uh, well, you, have you ever lived there? <laughs> do, yeah. do you because that, that isn't true. In yeah, the same yeah. way as British culture has done the same thing and yeah. says, that, do you know what I mean? It, yeah, so, yeah. so every culture has something of God in it. We have to find out yeah, yeah. what to redeem in that culture. That's a, uh, let, let me ask a, a dangerous question here because what you just said is fascinating but let's test it (laughs) (laughs) we're going through these days what people describe as a culture war where received culture is being challenged by new thinking where almost everything seems up for grabs and redefinition without making any judgement whether any of that's positive or negative but just saying Things have been long settled and never questioned. Everything, everything is questioned and up for grabs, and and um, so we have what they call culture wars. Mm. Do you believe that in the the the, the 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 some of these new cultures there is God is in in that in some way, and there's something to be redeemed in what's coming in a culture we find alien. I say, I say we, but culture that some people may find alien. Yeah. Some people may be more attached to received culture. Some people may be alienated from it. But what I'm saying is, is, is there as much of God in that which is coming as that which is behind behind us? Absolutely. That's that's so so that's a radical thought because yeah. right now, uh, a lot of people in churches around the world we run the battle yeah. lines of culture wars and yeah. thinking, can God be in this? Yeah. So let's put a hook back to season one, right? Yeah, yeah. Season one, we looked at what the heck is happening in the church today, right? We, we did. We did. And we, we talked about the... Uh, and we touched on this because we talked about... Um, there's a sense of... I'll just stop there. So let's put a hook back into season one, right? Where we looked at... Uh, what the heck is happening in the church today? Yeah. Which we touched on this this issue a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my my uh, view prophetically is that we are uh, entering a whole new era. Yeah. yeah. Right or era, 
depending on where you come from. Yeah. I was yeah. in America recently. I was talking about era, and they're looking at me as I'm stupid. <laughs> um, so <laughs> eventually, somebody translated yeah. <laughs> and said, "It's error he's thinking about." So, yeah. so the error or the era. We, we, we anyway, moving into a new age. Just yeah. put it different. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're moving into a new age. Oh, help us! And <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, you know, since the 1950s, we have seen a a consistent kind of change from a modernist kind of view of the world mm-hmm. you know enlightenment to yep. a postmodern view of the world yep. um and what i sense is is that we as the church have fought against that right yep. because some of the things that are in the postmodern mindset are just not helpful and actually i don't believe are true yep. so yep. things like there's no such thing as absolute truth yep well you know I believe absolute truth is found in the person of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He is the word, the truth. Yeah. You know, so so that's wrong. So we fought against those things. Yeah. But the problem is, is that I believe God is involved in the change. No. Oh, right. There you go. Because if we really, because that fits into other aspects of my theology, right? Yeah, my no. my theology said God is in control. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a sovereign. There's a sovereign, mm-hmm. God is sovereign in the earth. He is Lord over all, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we're living in the fall and we haven't come to the fullness of time and all of that kind of stuff. So there's yeah. a mix in there. But I don't believe God has just gone, oh, well, you do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't believe that. No. So if there is such a huge change in culture, mm-hmm. God has got to be involved in it somewhere. The problem is that we often ask the question, is God in this? Yeah. Whereas the question should be, where is God in it? Yeah, that's a very, that's a good question we've said, said a few times in the past years. But let me come back to let's, yeah. be, let's be precise about this. Yeah. The fact that God is present in and working in a culture, whether that's an existing one or an emerging one, does that mean that God validates and uh, what what's the word? Uh, that, that God honors that culture, or, or is it is it more complex than that? It's a little bit more complex than that. Yeah. You know, in the sense that you have to discern where God is in that. Yeah. So where is he in the change? Well, you know, part of the, the what I like about the postmodern culture, right? Yeah. Is that it's more ancient in its thinking. Right. So it's not empirical. You know, it's 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 not we. Um, empirical empirical i mean yep. not empirical. <laughs> empirical it it's it's not it's not we have to prove everything yep. as an example yeah, yeah. right it's 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 much more uh, into asking questions right and realizing although there is absolute truth not everything is absolute so it's comfortable with mystery and things being unsettled and questions and uncertainty exactly Exactly, and the whole mystery thing is a really important aspect yeah. of that, right? Is that that it, it is it is happy to live in that mystical place, yeah. where where there is mystery, there is there is fact, and there is mystery, yeah. right? So you know, so one of the, one of the downsides of that, of course, is then, well, you know, what is fake news and what isn't fake news, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is partly what we're living through right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so there's lots of 
But, but even people, one of the things that, that, that frustrates me sometimes when I talk to people who are fighting against the culture, the cultural change, rather than embracing it and saying, okay, well, where yeah. is God in it? How do we redeem that? Because yeah, yeah. there's, there's a need for redemption. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is pure. No. Come back to your question. But let's, let's be clear. This, we're not saying that the emerging culture is a godly culture. No, no, no. A- any more than any previous one was. Culture. But God is in it. Yeah. Yeah. And God has been part of creating it. Mm. Now, why do I say that? Because I don't believe there is any way of creating things outside of God. Mm. Mm. So where we see something that is fake, there must be an original. Yeah. Because the, you know, Satan, the devil, however you want to call that, can only counterfeit something. Yeah. He can't create it. So in the same way that in received established and traditional culture there is value such as things we've learned and been proven and shown to be life-giving and good over the years and there is a certainty and a kind of confidence in knowing things maybe an over certainty actually where we get into trouble sometimes in the emerging slightly more postmodern culture there is a cry for, as we said, authenticity and real a, a reality that's better than the thing that's been handed down, and for um, what's the word um, for, for, for for meaning and validity. There's an immediacy about that, mm. isn't it? Yeah. It's it, and uh, so there's something something in that that's a God-driven thing that we need to be able to identify. Yeah and connect with and redeem I'm, I'm interested in the idea that there's there's a repurposing and a redemption a repurposing is when if you like the celtics or mm. the romans turn up into a pre-roman culture mm. or something and take something historical and label it with a roman name mm. and then assimilate it into what they're doing yeah there's a repurposing yeah but redemption goes beyond repurposing doesn't it yeah it, it, it's it's not just carrying something that exists forward it's actually going back to the 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 the, the, the turning the water the wine is about raising it to a higher level yeah and so we're looking for something in the emerging culture culture that we can raise to a higher level. level yes exactly so it's very <laughs> <laughs> but it's so exciting yeah, you know, because because then it start you start to think about well if god is not just looking to redeem a man yeah. Or a or a woman, yeah. or a child, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, or in or humanity yeah. in, in the general sense, yeah. he is looking to make things better upon the earth now. Yeah, which it makes sense then. Oh, to me anyway, it mm. makes more sense of things like Jesus taught us to pray. Right? Yeah. yeah. What was the first thing he asked us to request? Yeah, yeah. Your kingdom come, mm. your will be done mm. on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So in other words, that 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 we bring the the shalom, the the well being that we will find in heaven, where there is no sickness, there's no yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no poverty, there's <laughs> there's no injustice, all of those kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. That is in heaven, that we bring it upon the earth. When? Mm. When he comes back again? No, it's now. Uh, now, wow. Right? 
I, I, I just connecting this with, with my own thinking, one of my big shifts of the past five years, I think, was growing up within an evangelical Western tradition. I look at Jesus going to the cross as him dying there for me and for my sins. It's it's a personal and individual and there is a personal individual element to it that's not missing, yeah. it's not absent. Yeah. But that becomes front and center. He's there dying for my sins. But actually the big shift was to say actually that's Jesus on the cross is not him there dying for my sins. That is the creator redeemer redeeming all of creation. And within that is my story. Yeah. But my story is one within that. It's a thread in a tapestry. It's not. Jesus on the cross is not just. Is, is doing more than paying a price to send people to heaven. <laughs> you know. And that's how we've seen it. Yeah. And our songs and our teaching and preaching and our books have centered on that whole thing. But actually, if we see him, God so loved the world that he sends the creator redeemer. To res- not to restore all things, but to redeem all, all things. Redeem all things. Yeah. And it, in Colossians, I can put, get in danger of putting another Bible verse in here. <laughs> Colossians one twenty says, uh, "Through him, God reconciled to himself all things." That's a universal yeah. statement, isn't it? Yeah. All things, whether things in so things on earth or things in heaven. Now, what on earth? No, there's absolutely <laughs> categorically the wrong statement there. What it could possibly mean by things in heaven? Who could say? But there's something about the cross of Christ that redeemed things in heaven. Mm. It says there mm. by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. So in the cross, mm. God redeemed all things. That's what the Bible says. I'm looking at the two words here: all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Yeah, that's a yeah. universal, absolute statement. And look. Great, greater minds than ours can come at this and yeah. chew it through and get a get a sharper, more precise picture. But it's a lot wider, a lot broader, broader. than we've been looking at, isn't it? And that's certain that 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 was my theological shift. Yeah, is redemption is broader and wider yeah. than just redeeming humanity. Yeah, yeah. and because God cre- created, create yeah. creation was made. Yeah. We were the pinnacle. Humanity yeah, was yeah. the pinnacle of it, yeah, you yeah. know. But he made it all, and he looked to redeem it all, yeah, you know. So, so it may, but it makes more sense of you know that the, there's that verse in Romans, isn't there, about um, you know all creation waits yeah. <laughs> for the sons of God to come mm. into their fullness. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. so they, there's something about they are waiting. The whole of creation. The whole of creation is waiting yeah. for something to be revealed to come to its fullness in the sons of god yeah. right so so it's not that it's that isn't important of course that's important your jesus dying on the cross was for that as well right it's, and therefore as each cultural shift comes through yeah our understanding and perception of what god is concerned about can, can widen and, and sharpen and, and sharpen or yeah. when we enter into another culture mm. right right is yeah, to good, is yeah. to honor that culture mm. To look to that culture and say, there is God in it. Where yeah, is yeah, God yeah, in it? Yeah. And that's so important. And that's whether it, it doesn't matter what religious, um, uh, uh, primary religious aspect is in that. There are things mm. in that culture mm. that you can take and yet you can redeem that will help that culture to yeah. understand Jesus. Yeah, that's really good. 
And again, let's be really precise on this. This doesn't mean that cult- all cultures are good. No. In fact, we have said that all cultures are definitely yeah. have toxic elements yeah. to them. So all cultures are like a wedding where the wine's running out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. The redeeming of the good things in the culture is that when the water starts to turn to wine. That's, that, that's very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it, I, I'm just, I get very excited about that. You know, so mm. it means that things like regeneration of a city, yeah. God is involved in that. He's mm. interested in it. Mm. He doesn't want that to be driven by um, market forces or, yeah. or, or uh, evil intent or yeah, yeah. corrupt aspects he yeah. wants he wants us as the people of god yeah. to engage with that and to help yeah, it yeah, to happen yeah, yeah, sure. and to call it forth to call what isn't as is it as if it is right that <laughs> you see even in that city to call what isn't as if it is mm. you know I, I i was reading um uh, the story of jonah recently you know and you know three times in the in the story of jonah God calls Nineveh a great city. Right. God God calls it a great city. Yeah. Right? It was one of the most evil cities in the world at Mm -hmm. that point. But God says this is a great city. Why was it a great city? Because it has a destiny that God had a destiny for it. Yeah, this is really good. Right? (laughs) So God is saying, let's make this a great city again. Yeah. Let's call out the image that I set in the city, yeah. that I wanted the city. It's just such a different way of thinking. So now whenever I go into a situation, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking, where is God's redemption here? <laughs> what does God want to redeem here? You know, how can I speak to this culture in a way that, um, in a way that helps it? to see jesus and to engage with him as hmm. jesus as the person of jesus you know, you know what I mean? yeah, that, yeah. i'm asking that question um rather than saying this is wrong yeah the... rather than saying it's all wrong yeah we say okay well what what is good in it yeah i mean yeah. here's the truth right Every culture has God in it, yep. and every culture is twisted and perverted. Yep. Don't care what culture you come from, mm-hmm. those two things are true. Mm. Our job is to discern between the two. Yeah, really <laughs> and, good. Right? And then to bring redemption to it, yeah. that then brings honour to it because it brings honour to Jesus. This is really good. I, I was thinking Jesus lived at a moment in time where cultures are washing up against each other and shifting and changing. So um, even a lot of the Jews around have, like Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, right? But his name is Nicodemus. That's a Greek name. So you've got this Judeo-Greek culture mash going on there. And and a lot of the names, early Bible names, are Greek names. Um, so you've got that going on, and then you've got the Romans coming in, of course, and the uh, the temple is done away with in AD 70. Roman power grows and expands, and you've got a Christian church emerging. You've got this big um, juxtaposition of cultural, massive cultural shifts 
going on in Jerusalem with Pilate and Herod and Jesus and Paul the Apostle and all this kind of surging around and God's really comfortable in that space because he's not locked in not tied to a culture he's tied to himself yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know he's he's focused on himself and if, if, if we as believers are centered on a person we can comfortably navigate the surging tides of shifting cultures, cultures. yeah because i mean i've got to say growing up as a youngster in britain i thought britain was best yeah country in the world and i think there's still many many good things that are still hold to you know really proud of about britain actually um however my position has moved now to see you know the, the way the world's coming you know the generations coming forward now don't think the same way no and uh, you've you, there's even I, I, I have to validate the statistic but i think the gen z if i'm right in, in saying this is the generation that comes after the millennials there's 30 percent less of them because people aren't having kids anymore right. so there's gonna be significant population shifts mm. coming in europe and the west yeah. because we're not reproducing so culture by definitionally definition is going to be internationalizing, becoming a lot more cosmopolitan, a lot more um, syncretistic, if that's the, you know, or a lot more muddied. And, you know, you're going to have people, the same way in Jesus' time, you had people with a, one Hebrew name and one Greek yeah. name. In, in our generation, we have someone with one maybe um, Islamic name and one Christian or Western yeah. name. And you, this, this is a big mishmash. We live at a point in time where there's significant cultural shifts yeah. like there haven't been for centuries. Yeah. And so the redemptive perspective is everything, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not just seeing how do we defend ourselves. It's not, it's not a defensive play. No. It's, a, it's about it's a redemptive play that raises it up to a different level altogether. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and, and, yeah. And, and, and I think it's really interesting that you know to to look at and say because the other the other aspect to this for me has been it's helped me to it's helped me to cross cultures right, right. so and help me to look and say well what do i take to another culture and what don't i take to another culture and there's a lot of discussion about that right about you know not changing people's culture mm. and all, all the rest of it you know I, mm. and but that's when we make culture the god mm. then and that's that's just as bad <laughs> yes yeah, right yeah. where where we make culture the god that, that no no because actually the reality is that particularly in the western world is that you know you haven't got a pure culture i like to think that coming from wales that you know i have a pure culture yeah right because yeah. we're, we're pure celt but the reality is if i go back long enough i see a whole mix of stuff happening even before the romans and the angles and the anglo-saxons mm. came over here and the vikings and do you know what I mean they, 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 there was a whole kind of mix going on yeah, at yeah, that yeah. point anyway so nothing is really pure in that sense mm. that's that's just reality yeah, yeah. um so so we we just need we, we need to be careful about that but so but having this kind of redemptive mindset helps me not to be empire building as I go into other cultures. Yeah. That, no, that because that's wrong, right? So, yes, yeah, so, yeah. so, so, and this is what again what I like about the the Celtic stuff is that it it wasn't that empire. It was to go in and find and try and hmm. involve what was happening in the culture to help it to see Jesus, to meet Jesus, to engage with yeah. him, to engage with him as a person in order that they, they can see that redemption come 
like the turn of the water into wine yeah, kind of thing yeah. again, you know. I just think that I just think that and to bring honour to the yeah. culture in a different way. I just think that there's something around that. But there are things that cross every culture, they're worked out differently in every culture, mm-hmm. but there are things in every culture. So family, there's an idea of family and what that looks like mm. in every culture. Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm. There's there's an idea of um the the kind of uh what's the word? Uh, the the kind of tr- um, the important parts parts of life, mm. you know, death, marriage. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, in most, in nearly every culture, the, yep. the, well, in every culture, the, the, there's a lot of those kinds of things. So when you're lo- when you're going, you're looking at saying, well, what are the things that 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 cross that culture that I can explain and help me to understand the Bible better yeah, as yeah. well. So let me give you an example. When I was when we were doing a lot of work in the Balkan area. Um, we, we were talking about accountability. We talked about leadership and accountability, mm. right? Um, what we found out after two years of, ch- of, of teaching this stuff <laughs> and trying to get them to do this stuff in their, in their leadership kind of environment yeah. is that there is no word in Serbo-Croat for accountability. <laughs> okay. There's not a con- the concept isn't there, right? Mm. That immediately makes me ask the question, Therefore, is that something that I should be taking into that culture? Mm. You know, it's not that it's wrong, mm. right? And in our culture, it's helpful. Mm. But there is a even deeper truth that we need to bring out mm. that is more helpful. So yeah. submission, right, is in that culture. Yeah. Hang on. Dogs are barking. So that immediately makes me ask the question, well, what is the biblical idea there? Because there's got to be something that crosses all cultures. Because yeah, the yeah. great thing about the Bible, when you read it, it does cross all cultures. Mm. That's, that's one of the wonderful things. It can be understood in every culture. Yeah, right. right? It's, so that's what, you know, I get annoyed when we start saying we have to understand Jewish culture to understand the Bible. Mm. Well, that's not true. It's helpful, yeah. but it's not necessary. Gotcha. And that's different, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but so it's so I started to look at accountability. Well, what what's the what's the baseline biblical idea then? What is submission? Mutually submit to one another. No, that is in, right. Okay, in the so, Serbian culture. So instead of bringing something from British Western culture into it, uh, another culture yeah. and creating all kinds of problems, short circuit it yeah. by. By finding out what yeah. well, what what's the basic idea, mm. and actually, if you think about it, accountability is often about hierarchy. Actually, mm. you are accountable to somebody, mm. or you are accountable for somebody, right? So it's a it's a hierarchical thing. Right. Mutual submission is isn't about hierarchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about we mutually submit ourselves to one another, to give ourselves to one another, to mm. serve one another, right, right. to hear one another. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that's in that there isn't an accountability. It's a much better way of setting up a leadership right, structure, right. actually. But this, the whole thing of redemption, though, yeah. we spent a lot of time talking about culture, and importantly so, because I think there's some big issues yeah. in it. It's not just about culture, though, is it? Redemption. Um, having a redemptive mindset is about redeeming situations as a water and wine. Yeah. And people and events and, what's the word? our day-to-day lives everything going on around us yeah we, we want a redemptive 
you're constantly looking yeah. what God, what are you doing God in this person's life even if they're the most opposed hard obstinate difficult person yeah. you've ever come across what are you doing here how do, how do we redeem that exactly yeah there's nothing off limits to God no and and you know what I I, I find what's fascinating because you know all of this kind of yeah. <laughs> as we see this there's in links within links again yeah. you know <laughs> with, with different things and and for me it's that okay it's asking that how do we no so uh, you know and, and as we've seen lo- loads of times that that we see links within links here hmm. and things that are connected so so you know one of the things we've talked loads about during in the first season of the podcast and yeah. i'm sure we'll talk loads about in this season yeah, yeah. is the whole aspect of the fruits of the spirit and yeah. and you know because that re- really for me the fruits of the spirit is all about the character of god right? yeah it's yeah. about who he is yeah those be who he is being reproduced in me right yeah okay so god's kind therefore i need to be kind god's pe- peaceable therefore i need to be yeah, peaceable yeah, yeah. right god has hope that is sure I need to have hope that is sure, right? It's, so, so those are the kinds of things that are happening. So, so I think that when you have a redemptive mindset, it makes you much more generous mm. because you're always looking for what you can engage with and build upon Brilliant, yeah. rather than what you're against and you want to pull down. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think part of the, the, the tragedy is that Christians are always, or often, not always, often known as the people who are against stuff. Yeah. They're lacking, they, they don't have any fun people. Yeah. We should be the most joyous people upon the earth. Mm. Right? We should be the most generous people upon the earth. We should be known as the kindest people upon the earth. Instead, we're often caricatured, rightly or wrongly, mm-hmm. as the ones who are against, who are harsh, who are judgmental. Yeah. And, but often that's how we come across. Yeah. But the re- if you start, well, as soon as you start to get a redemptive mindset, you're 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 looking for something different. Yeah, very good. You're not looking yeah. for what you're against. You're looking for what you can be for. Hmm. Right. You're not looking for what you can disagree upon, but what you're looking for the common ground yeah. that yeah. you can build upon. And you know, I love I love it with Jesus. You know, I've done quite a lot of study along this with mm-hmm. in terms of the life of Jesus. And as you go through. There is very little Jesus is actually against, mm. and really challenges mm. harshly. You know, the, the one thing that is consistent in Jesus's life, in terms of what he's against and what he challenges harshly, mm. is religion. Yeah, and yeah. people who think they're self, who think self righteously. Yeah, that they have all the answers. Mm. You know, I did not come. To be a doctor to the doctors, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I come to those who were sick. Yeah, do, do, do you mean there, 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 there is, uh, you know, I think there's. Jesus isn't just pointing out why he's come; he's trying to point out what they're coming over like. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah, that yeah, point, yeah. you know. So, so I, I, so for me, the redemptive mindset really helps us to build generosity in our in our lives, and the way in which we often bring redemption is through exercising those fruits of the spirit yeah really good right so so actually i go into a situation um that where somebody is harsh judgmental unkind and i start to be kind to him 
because the weapons that I fight with are different from the weapons he fights with, right? Yeah. yeah. But so often we don't do that. We yeah. fight fire with fire. It never gets you anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's something around that whole aspect of the redemptive mindset that helps us, even in 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 um, nurturing that within ourselves. So let me, as we sort of begin to wind yeah. this up, let me ask you this question: Do you believe Jesus had a redemptive mindset? Yes. And therefore, if we're followers of Jesus, we need to have a redemptive mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, this <laughs> yeah. isn't just a good idea. This is something you're seeing in Jesus. We're in him. If you, I, I, you know, I, if you study the life of Jesus, hmm. I mean, even the fact that he came to Earth is a redemptive mindset. Yeah. Right. If because God, the God, God, yeah. the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, could have just decided, well, we'll just wipe them out and start again, like Tatooine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just wipe them out. Yeah. Start again. Yeah. I mean, even within the four, where there was that, uh, sorry, the, the the flood, where there was that judgment, there yeah. was still a redemptive mindset. We'll yeah. keep the, uh, you know, two of every kind, so mm. they can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a redemptive mindset. Or yeah. right away through Old Testament and New Testament, yeah. you find the redemptive mindset when you look at the life of um, of Daniel, which we yeah. touched upon. The reason Daniel could thrive in Babylon, he had a redemptive mindset. He wasn't he wasn't looking for what he was against and what offended him. Yeah. He was looking for what he was what what he could no- negotiate, what he could tolerate. <laughs> right? Which are all all words that we don't like actually in the Christian in the Christian world. Yeah. But if you look at the life of Daniel, it is full of negotiation. It's full of tolerance. It's full of compromise, yeah, yeah, but in a good way. And actually, he brings trans- a positive transformation. Exactly, because yeah. he could see the redemp what could be redeemed. Yeah, very good, very very. So good. we need to. That's where we need to be. I, my personal belief is that if if we are going to be real followers of Jesus, yeah, right, there and then we have to keep meeting him and asking him. For a redemptive mindset when we are offended by something we need to ask him hmm. where is the redemptive bit in this that's really good right and occasionally he'll tell us there isn't one because sometimes there isn't right but that has to be the um what's that what's that phrase there the the one that proves the rule yeah. <laughs> the exception that yeah, proves the, the rule yeah, and you have to have asked the question. Yes, exactly. And you have to be open to the answer. Yeah. Because, you know, Jonah wasn't open to the answer, right? <laughs> That's true. He, 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 actually, he wasn't, wasn't as redemptive as God was. He wasn't as redemptive as God was. Even yeah. after he'd seen the redemption in Nineveh, yeah, yeah, he still he was still ticked off. <laughs> redemptive. Brilliant. Okay. That's fantastic. Oh, Ian, thank you for that. And, um, yeah, um, why don't you let us know what you, your thoughts and questions and... Um, any comments you've got um mail at hiamw.com be great to hear your thoughts on that and also uh, make sure you follow and um, share our podcast we really appreciate it we'll speak to you soon bye bye (laughs) so ian what's been inspiring you okay so 
this I mean I have a lot of favorite albums that I like my go-to albums for different things yeah. right but when I want to be creative or inspired when I'm writing something or when I'm doing a blog or when I'm thinking about these you know when we're preparing for these kinds of things there are two two go-to albums for me which are going to be sound really weird in some ways so yeah. the first is a, an album called Utopia mm. which is a a collection of kind of classics and different stuff but it's got like the 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 um the gladiator theme tune and it, those kinds of things in it so th there's that one but the mm. second one is Gregorian chants right <laughs> I and it, it, I just love that there's something around the Gregor the, those chant that chanting thing that that really helps me and I, the the story the backstory of how I got hold of that album was that we were we took the kids after Christmas to Milton Keynes to you know spend their Christmas money and vouchers mm. and I was going through the I always like to go through the um, uh, we were in HMV. Yeah, still there actually. Yeah. One of the few HMV is still there, um, and I, I like to go through the things that are on special offer. Yeah. And there was one by the with the Gregorian chant, so I thought, oh, I'll get that. Yeah. So on the way home, I was playing it in the car. The kids were very inspired by that, but it really inspires me. So Gregorian chants and Utopia are my go-to things when I want to be creative. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous you are, like it, eh? Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?